Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Matthew chapter two, find verse one. It would be the first verse, first sentence. Let's read the word, New International Version. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. Verse 5, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. What a liar. Verse nine. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming, into the, and coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him, and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done, what you're going to do now in the moments that remain in this service. Move in great power, oh God, we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Wow, what a passage of scripture. Starting a new series this morning, and uh, in the series, we're going to, which we've called Christmas Unwrapped, my clock. Christmas Unwrapped. Everybody say my clock. Unless you want me to preach until two, of the, two in the afternoon. Not that I'm going to obey the clock, but it is a rough estimate to help me and to help you. Christmas Unwrapped. Would you say that Christmas? Christmas Unwrapped. You know, I don't know if you're aware of why we give gifts at Christmas, but one of the main reasons, there's a number of reasons. One, this particular story, historical event in actual fact, and I'll prove that. This historical event, they, they brought gifts. You can read through those scriptures and say the gift makes way for the giver and opens the present, them before the present of the great, gift giving. Gift giving is a way of honoring. Gift giving is a way of even worship in this case. 
And at Christmas time, you know, uh, how many of you know that Jesus wasn't born December 25th? You can actually figure out when he was born, and I'll talk to you about that in just a moment also. This is rather profound. But he wasn't born December 25th, and, and really, the, the holiday Christmas was moved to be at this time, Romans did it, uh, right around the solstice and to cover a pagan holiday. Actually, it used to be a pagan holiday, and, um, and for some it still is, even though they you know, sing Christmas songs and songs about baby Jesus and all that, and they're still pagans. The Christmas tree is uh, uh, fundamentally from hell, honestly. I'm just telling you. I know that, like, okay. But at my house and here, we will never be singing, oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Christmas tree. Okay, no, we don't sing it about no Christmas tree. We will sing about the one who hung on a tree. Can you say amen? But I've known people that have just done, just done away with all of that. We've redeemed it. Some, some things you can redeem in cultures, other things you can't. There is uh, certain cultures where, you know, you, you eat peyote and have a spiritual experience. How many of you know that's impossible to redeem? All right, some of you are still trying to do that, but you can't redeem that. All right. And, but, but the Christmas tree, <laughs> that was hysterical, actually. Uh, the Christmas tree, I think, can be redeemed. And this is how we think about it at our house. Um, the tree, he who hung on a tree is cursed, is everyone who hangs on a tree, Galatians 3. And the tree, it's evergreen, picture of eternity. It's alive and then it's chopped down, death. You put it back up in your house, resurrection. Lights, he's the light of the world. Christmas lights, a picture of the light of the world. That's how we think about it in our house. Now you say, well, that's not how we think about it. We know Christmas friends. <laughs> okay, well, you, listen, you lead your family. I'll lead mine. Uh, but we're not going to bow down to, and, and I won't look down. I'm making fun a little bit because I've just had some people that just done lost their ever-loving mind over the fact. You know, hadn't led anybody to Jesus. You don't live for God. You don't read his word, and you're going to complain about a Christmas tree. You Pharisee, you Pharisee, you Pharisee. <laughs> Let's all have a praise break for a second. Hey, hey, okay. So why do we wrap, Christmas, wrap gifts and give gifts at Christmas? Because the greatest gift that was ever given to all of mankind and ever will be, his name is Jesus and he was given to us. And we celebrate that at this time. He's actually born probably in March, probably on Passover. All right, Matthew, the book of Matthew Jesus is the king. That's the theme of the book of Matthew. All the gospels have themes. The book of Matthew, the theme is, is approving his deity as, as, as the king of kings. What you might not realize is that Jesus' birth is the most anticipated worldwide event in the history of the earth. And don't take my word for it. Go be a good Berean. The Bereans would go and study to, to, to make sure that what Paul was saying is true. There was a worldwide belief that a, a one would come, be born, he would be the Savior and be the Lord. And it's, it's throughout the world. You know, this whole star thing, they followed a star. Some say it was an angel. Some say it's a celestial body, a star. Did you know that in, in China, in Wuhan, I'm I'm kidding. But in China, in China, they saw, they saw the celestial, it's recorded in their history. They saw this event at the same time period. And so much was the belief of this 
savior and king that the Roman emperor took the title savior and lord to preempt anything some king would come to do. And so they worshiped emperor worship. The, the Magi, uh, there's three different parties here. You have the Magi, you have, you have the religious leaders of the day, you have Herod, you have the people of Jerusalem, but the Magi were, or Magi or wise men, the wise men were a group that came from Persia, probably Babylon. One of their number is most likely Daniel, the Hebrew boy that was brought into captivity. And, and he was, they were, they were a class of people. They were the educated, they were the astronomers, they were the wise men, they, they were the counselors, they were very close position to the, to the king, and, and they were looked at as the counselors of those who were educated and wise. That's who these men are. And there's not three. There could be as many as 20, but they gave three gifts. How many? Three. And we'll look at that here in just a bit as well. So what's fascinating to me is, well, recently I do a lot of witnessing. I share my faith. I can't help myself, honestly. It's kind of like when you eat like a really good slice of pizza or you have a great meal somewhere, you can't help but tell them, dude, have you had the pizza over there? So I just can't help but testify. It's not something I, I well, it is actually a mandate to, to, to share your faith. I was going to say it's not something I have to do, but actually... You should share your faith. It's part of the pillars of your walk, but it, it should come naturally out of you eating pizza. Come and taste and see, follow this. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you do, you can't help but talk about all that he's done for you. It's natural. It's a natural thing. If you don't share your faith and don't talk about what God has done for you, then you should probably take a look at whether you've had a slice. All right. So if you, if you study Daniel 9, now, I was talking to somebody who said, well, the Bible's just a bunch of fables. It's written by a bunch of old guys. Okay, that's, that all, when people say that, they're just proving their, their ignoramuses. Ignoramus? They're ignorant. And, uh, and I'm sure I'm ignorant of some things, but I, I, I'm not ignorant of that. God's word actually is God's word. And you say, well, prove it. Okay, since you asked, I will. If you go to Daniel chapter 9, go ahead, turn there. Daniel 9, Daniel 9, Daniel 9, Daniel 9. Jesus in, devil out. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. Daniel 9. It's the 70 weeks of Daniel. And if you look, I'm not going to get too technical, but I'm going to tap it just for a second so that you go and study what I'm about to point to you. I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but I'll, I'll, I'll point to it, and you go back and look. All right, Daniel 9 and verse 24, 25 talks about these 79, in this case, 69 sevens. It talks about the exact time the Messiah or Jesus, the Christ, would be born. It gives the date. And that time clock is started at the decree uh, that you see, see Ezra, you just go study this whole thing and you count the weeks out. It's, it's 483 years and it comes right to the point when Jesus is born. And, and by based on that, actually, Jesus is probably born around March, not, not December 25th. He said, well, that, that was written by, he was just a man too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it would have to be like an incredible conspiracy. The odds are I mean, what are the odds? I heard someone say the odds are if you take a silver, a silver dollar 
and you throw it into the state of Texas and the state of Texas, you mark that silver dollar, you throw it into the, this is statistically about how it is. Mark that silver dollar, throw it into the state of Texas and it's the, the state of Texas is covered by silver dollars a foot deep across the entire state, the smaller state, the smaller state of Texas. Not Alaska, okay? The smaller one. And you, the odds of this, of, of all of these different prophecies, 300 Old Testament scriptures are fulfilled in the birth, resurrection, death, death and resurrection of Jesus, 300. The odds of that happening are the odds of you walking into the state of Texas, a foot deep, silver dollars, first try, reach down and pull up the one that was marked. That's the odds. And there's mathematical figures for that, which I'm just glad I can spell. That was a joke. I got my math spelling. Okay. The book of Daniel, if we further drive the knife into the erroneous thinking that God's word is not God's word, the book of Daniel predates the birth of Christ. How do you know? Because we have what's called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls, when those were discovered, it just was a game changer because we have the book of Isaiah, we have the book of Daniel, and on these Dead Sea Scrolls, some Bedouin was playing soccer, and the soccer ball, went, that's really not what happened, but he was throwing a rock or something, and he heard broke pottery and heard it. This is true. Was it, when were the years, 1950s? Is that right? Dead Sea Scrolls? And in fact, they're on display in Jerusalem. You can go and see the Dead Sea Scrolls. When they got the they, carbon dating, so on and so forth, however they figure out stuff is really old and the dates... The, 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 the dating of the Dead Sea Scrolls predates the birth of Christ. So when you have books like the book of Isaiah, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us. When you have prophecy about it will be born of a virgin, on and on and on. We have documents that predate his birth, predate all of that. So, so most people don't want to talk about that because if that's true, then God's word is real. And if God's word is real, you need to change today. So it's easy to say, well, the man wrote it. Quit parroting, being a parrot. Man wrote it. And start learning. Go deep. You'll never be disappointed. You'll never find a place where it contradicts itself. And I've said it before, it's rather offensive but if you do find a place that's contradicting, it's only because you're uneducated. So, Daniel 9 gives a messianic timetable. All right, let's look at this text. The responses here to the birth of Jesus. We're doing this new series called Christmas Unwrapped, and I'm going to endeavor to unwrap or unfold, break down, download to you things from the Christmas story that are gonna affect and bring change in your own life. So here we go. Herod, well, these, here we just take it from verse one right there. Jesus born in Bethlehem, Judea, or Judah. You can pronounce it both ways, and I did when I was reading. And Magi, these men from the east, wise men, they come to Jerusalem and ask, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star. So there's this supernatural event that's taking place, leading and guiding these wise men from the east, and they've come to do what? They've come to worship him. Verse three, when King Herod saw this, he was disturbed. Now, 
we went to Israel, we went to Jerusalem, and we saw what's called the grave of the innocents. The grave of the innocents is the murder, it's the bones, they believe it to be the bones of all the babies that Herod killed that were two years old and under in an attempt to wipe out the Messiah. And you can go, we didn't read all of that, but that's what happens. Well, how come Jesus wasn't killed? Because God's God, and he spoke to Joseph. God speaks to Joseph's. He speaks to Abraham's. He speaks to Bubba and Jethro. Bubba, are you here? He wants to speak to you. Whatever your name is, he wants to speak to you. And he spoke to them in a dream. And he said, you need to get, get out of here. He packed up his family. He took off. And he went to an all-expense-paid trip to Egypt. But Herod still went through and killed all of those babies. And we saw, the, we saw that grave. We saw this called the grave of the innocents. They discovered it in recent years. I don't know the exact time. And it's all of these infant bones and everything, one mass grave, because Herod was crazy. He rejected Jesus. He was demonized. So this is the first, the, the reactions to, to, the, to the Magi, the reactions to the birth of Jesus, Herod's rejection. And he's, that's the, the blank, Herod's rejection. He was constantly trying to do anything he can to not lose power. He killed his son. I mean, he did all kinds of crazy things, killed his wife, crazy. There are some that are afraid that Jesus, they like to leave him in the crib because they're afraid that, or maybe try to kill him because they're afraid that he'll disrupt and take away from their life and undermine their power. Now there's Herod's, there's even Herod's today. There's, there, there's people here today. Maybe you're a Herod. Good news is by the end of service, you can change that. The second group of people are the leaders. These religious people, teachers of the law. I'm, and that, 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 that phrase is not thrown. That, that's a heavy phrase. These are very educated. They knew the, the prophecy. They quote it there in verse 6. And they gather, but they're apathetic. They're apathetic. They don't care. They don't, wow, star. Can you imagine? And, and, and the Magi, by the way, it's this probably a massive entourage. The whole city knew that, wow, these people have showed up and they're, they're looking, the, the Messiah. We're we've seen that star. Yeah, we've been following it for two years. Whoa. They come and they give the answer to, they give the answer to Herod but they don't care. They, they, they don't hear our Gentiles following the star for two years and the people who should be freaking out and rejoicing and running to Bethlehem don't do anything. It reminds me of a lot of things. <laughs> don't be apathetic. They were apathetic. They didn't care. They, didn't, they could care less. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus is Lord. Uh-huh, yeah. Daniel 9, oh yeah, timetable of the Messiah. Yep, yeah. What's for dinner? Just don't care. What's for lunch? <laughs> Definition of apathy. A lack of interest. Lack of enthusiasm. A lack of concern or concern about something. It's the state of indifference or the suppression of emotions such as concern, excitement, motivation, and, or passion. 
I don't, no one here, including myself, I think can really understand that the messianic hope in Israel, they were longing. At least that's what history says. They're praying, send the Messiah. Send the, you go to Israel today, they're praying for the Messiah to come. That's what they're doing at the wall, mostly. Come on, somebody say, mostly. mostly. <laughs> they're, they're praying for the Messiah to come. So at this, they're, they're crying out. I mean, even you see this sentiment or this desire in the, in the disciples. At this time, you're gonna restore the kingdom? When are you, are you gonna kick Rome out? You're gonna be the man? Are you gonna be the king now? Is this it? They didn't understand the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. So these scholars had come. That, I mean, they had to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy by heart. They knew it all by heart. I, I have a hard time getting people to memorize John 3.16. They memorized five books of the Bible. They were educated. And they knew the word. They, oh, here's the prophecy. I mean, they just gave one. And yet, they have no desire to go. What? How could you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every jot and tittle. You need anything else? Okay. And they headed back to their office. Where's the fire? Where's the passion? Where's the zeal? Don't ever be reduced to a religious person. Don't ever be reduced to some person that just knows the word, studies the word. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my lips. I probably need to eat. <laughs> they had apathy. Don't get apathetic. Apathy's a disease. There will be people that will come to church this month that have not been here all year. And I am really glad if you're here, I'm really glad you are. I really am. But there are people that are like that. They're, there's people that they could be here, but you're online right now because you're too lazy to get out of bed. Then there's other people that are online that can't get out of bed, and I understand that too. But if you can, you should because it is not the same thing being here live and being online. Thank God for online. We're reaching Kenya. We're reaching all around the world. God's touching people and we'll continue to increase our footprint for the glory of God. But coming to church is a big deal and you don't want to be a religious person. You don't want to be apathetic. Amen. Don't become a Pharisee or a Sadducee, a couldn't see or a wouldn't see. Always critical. Gaining intellectual knowledge without a heart that's changed. We don't need more religion. We need people that are transformed by the word. We need people that understand God's word, have a revelation that causes a revolution that changes things. Can you say yes? And then you have these third people, the wise men, and they, they come worshiping God. And they, they, they worship God in, in a way that, that's challenging, in a way that's, I mean, it's convicting. If you go look at these guys' lives, they, dedication. Number one, what did they do? They were dedicated, dedicated. Two-year camping trip. They took two years away from serving the king or doing whatever they did back east. They took two years to go follow a star. They would be considered nut jobs today. <laughs> I heard the name of our church. I heard we have a, an affectionate name. At least I, I think it's actually encouraging to me. We're called the Crazy Church. <laughs> yeah, 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 crazy by the world standards, but believing God's word and standing on his word and radical in faith and radical in obedience by the grace of God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. They thought they were, that's the crazy magi. 
So many people live an intellectual understanding that doesn't actually transform their lives. If your life must be, should be marked by, by the supernatural. There should be unexplainable things that happen in your life on a regular basis if you're walking with Jesus. You say, well, it's not like that for me. Well, go to the Discover track. It's every Sunday morning at 9.45. Get plugged into our life groups. Keep coming to church. Answer altar calls. Come to the front. Have hands laid on you. Get baptized in the Spirit of God. Start living holy. Start living right. Start tithing. You will see God break out on the right break out on the left. He'll save your mama, save your daddy. He'll save your brother. He'll, hey, he'll save your sister. He'll heal you. I said he'll heal you. Amen. <laughs> Dedication. They were dedicated, committed. Wow. Can't drive to church, it's just too far. You know we have people that drive from, from Talkeetna? Every Sunday. Some of you can't make it, it's 10 minutes away. You know, in Alaska, if it snows, if it rains, if it's cold, if it's warm, people come. I found that. But I've, I know in other places, if it rains, you'd think there'd been an earthquake and everything's down. Well, it's raining outside. My gosh, grow a spine. Come on, someone say, be dedicated. dedicated. Western church is so anemic. They'll they'll travel for a whole week, for days in the Philippines. They'll sleep on dirt floors. They'll travel for days to have one service. In Africa, the same thing. They travel for days. They traveled for two years. And that's that's just one way. So maybe they, maybe the star kind of meandered, or I mean, I, I don't know. Some say it was an angel. I, I don't really know, but they saw it in China, I guess, according to history books. The Wuhan scientists, they saw it. An ancient. Let's have a praise break all across this place. Hey, glory to God. Let's try the wave. We'll start it over here. Are you ready? You ready? You ready? This is going to spread across. You ready? Set. Oh, you guys are good. That's to help get the Wuhan out of your mind. They, but they saw in China. I read it. They, I read this. They saw it in China. Worship is more than a, than a song. It's a commitment to commit your life to Christ and give him everything that you are all the rest of your life. You say, well, that's not about church. No, it, it is. Church is not some, you know, optional thing. And by the way, if, if it is optional in your life, you don't walk in the level of victory that you could be walking in. I've been around, I've seen too much, I know. They were devoted. Two years there, I don't know the way back, they didn't have a star on the way back, so they just figured it out how to get home. So maybe it's a four-year trip, maybe it's three, maybe it was two to get there and one to get back. Either way, for one worship service, and he wasn't a baby. He's, in, he's about two years old, right? That's why he came to the house. Didn't come to the manger. Came to the house. The other picture's cute with the one, you know, in your house with the little straw and the donkeys and all that stuff. That's, that's not the way it was. The second thing you see as we unwrap and unpack this beautiful gift the gifts of the Magi or gifts of the wise man 
is they had veneration. They, they, were, they were reverent. They, they had a, there's something that's just so righteous about them. And, and what's interesting to me is they didn't come to some big palace. They came to some house. You know, people don't come to church here because our building's beautiful. I mean, I'm thankful for the building. They will come to the other one because the other one's beautiful. But, but the reason you're coming here is because you're hearing the word and your lives are being changed. Somebody invited you. And, 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 and that's a beautiful reason. And they come and they, with reverence, it's, it's an awareness of God, an awareness of his presence. The, some people used to think that, I used to think, let me say it that, that where reverence was quiet and with your hands folded and holy. How many of you know holiness is not quiet? So how do you know? Well, I read the book of Revelation. They're, they're, they're just casting crowns and they're screaming and shouting. And, okay, they're singing and worshiping, but I... Uh, Round the throne 24 hours a day is worship. It's worship. It's not quiet. It's nothing quiet about heaven. If you think it's loud here, you will hate heaven. So, so reverence or veneration is an awareness of God and his presence and what he's doing. Do you know it could be very reverent to run around the building yelling? Of course, if you do that now, someone's going to trip you and they'll take you in the back and minister you in a special way because now's not the time to run around the building. So it's not being quiet, it's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and led by him and, and participating. And there are times where we may run around the building. You say, how come? Excited. Used to be going to hell, saved. Jesus loves me. Wow. Almost run. I'm gonna take a lap right now. Yes. Come on, take a lap in your head. Ready, set, go. Bump your neighbor and say, you need to lighten up. <laughs> All right. So reverence. The third thing you see is sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Okay, of course, it's a sacrifice to, to travel that long. They had to take time off of work. They spent a lot of money to take the trip. Come on, you know what it's like to take a vacation, right? They take a two-year vacation. They had to get approved four years. Okay, four years. Two years there, maybe two years back. They take a long time away. They're independently wealthy, maybe. Okay, but I don't know. But it's a sacrifice to come. One of the things that's interesting for me is how God confirms things to me. Um, I, I see things, I hear things, I have visions, I have dreams. I count a lot on dreams. I'm still waiting for the Lord to release me to finish the End is the Beginning series. I, I feel like it's coming soon. The End is the Beginning, a dream I had. How many remember that? All right, good. Well, if you don't remember, it's okay. We'll go into it another time. But it's a series I'm in the middle of that I can't preach the final messages until he gives me the rest of it, and I haven't got that yet. So when that happens, that'll happen. In this case, praying like, Lord, oh, the gifts of the Magi, it's just amazing, Lord. So I have these things called collar stays. Do you know what those are? It's these little plastic, sometimes metal stays that go inside a collar to keep your collar from turning up and looking like you're a nun or something. There's... Hold your collar down. And uh, uh, I have a hard time with them, kind of like socks and the dryer. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I heard something from, uh, from this precious lady 
from Primrose. She was such an optimist about everything. And so when she finds a single sock, she goes, look, we have an extra sock. <laughs> As opposed to, where's that's, that thing always eats the socks. Oh, we have an extra one. So I'm looking for these ever elusive collar stays and, uh, and I think I know where one is. So I have one, I need the other half. I'm, I'm, it's making me late amongst other things. And so I think I know where one is. So I go downstairs and the dining room and for whatever reason, I open the, the cupboard, you know, the, the sideboard drawer, whatever it's called, I open it up and there's a, there's a collar stay. But at the same time, there's this. I've never seen it before. Of course, it must be Pastor Karen's. I have a tendency to not see things from time to time, especially in refrigerators and all the men said, hey, bud. <laughs> Where's the horseradish? It's right there. No, it isn't. And he just walks up and goes. <laughs> Let's all pray for men right now. Jesus, <laughs> thank you for, thank you for women as well. Amen. Praise God. So I see this thing, it's in a box. And it, right across the front, and I don't know if you can see this, but it says, <laughs> the gifts of the wise men. Yeah. So I'm like, did that get translated into my dresser? I mean, how did this happen? What's this? What? I said, Pastor Karen, where'd this come from? He goes, I don't know. I says, you ever seen this? She goes, I don't know. So I, 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 I pull it out and I look. I'm like, huh. So I pop it open. And there's these three really cool golden vessels in there. They came, they not only worshiped with dedication, they not only had reverence, and by the way, they're examples of the way that we should be. Dedicated, reverent, or veneration. Number three, sacrifice. There's three prophetic gifts they give. Here's the first one. The first one is gold. Gold is a prophetic, how did they even know to give the gifts that they gave? I would say the Holy Spirit spoke to them and then they understood what they were traveling for. They understood they were coming to see the Savior. They understood they were coming to see the Messiah, the Holy One from Daniel 9, who was amongst their number generations and generations before. They came in, they brought gold, which is a picture of deity, a picture of heaven, a picture of God, gold. The second gift that they gave in acknowledgement of the Savior and Lord, the gifts of the Magi or the gifts of the wise men is the gift of frankincense. That just says incense there, but it's, it's, it's frankincense. It's that which was used in the, in the recipe for the anointing oil. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of the anointing. Wow. And the third gift that they unwrapped, I believe, and gave was myrrh. And I have these three gifts here in this little box that I don't even know where I came from. Myrrh. You know what that's for? Myrrh is used for embalming. It's a picture of death. Wow. They were dedicated. They were reverent. And by the way, these are not inexpensive gifts that they gave. And I have a feeling the gold they gave was not in some cute little jar that I'm modeling before you. I think it was a significant amount of gold. Which many scholars believe that when the dream came to Joseph to get out of Bethlehem and go to Egypt for then again fulfilling another prophetic word that out of Egypt I've called my son. 
that they paid for their all-expense-paid trip by the gold that was given them right on that day. They gave their best. They didn't do half-hearted worship. They gave their best. They were, they were dedicated. They were devoted is another way to say that. They were, they were reverent or they were filled with veneration and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I'm guiding them and directing them. Two years, they sacrificed. Christmas unwrapped. Oh my. If you really understood, we have a, maybe a, a greater understanding for who Jesus is. He's, he's the king. He's the Lord God. Emmanuel, God with us. Some of you are like Herod. You don't want anybody to change your life. You're not gonna, you're religious maybe. You give him lip service. Oh, we wanna go worship him. No, he didn't wanna go worship him. He wanted to kill him. So he's afraid of losing power, afraid of, of having to change his life. So there's Herod still today, maybe here. There's religious people and oh, we have, we have so many in Christendom that are just religious. There's scholars today that know twice as much as any of us in this room, and yet their life is unchanged and they're apathetic. When you hear scriptural truth, when you hear what I believe even to be revelation, it's not, it's not new revelation for some of you. For some of you, you've never heard it before. Daniel 9 and verse 25 and the, the messianic timetable and the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh and the star. When you hear revelation, don't let it not move you. Let it move you. Amen. Why would God do that? Because he loves you, yes. cares for you. This is not some stupid little religious thing that we do and just deck the halls. No, what we're doing is we're serving and worshiping the king. God still has wise men in Wasilla, in Alaska. He's gathering them. There's a re there really is a revolution of people that are hungry and thirsty and desperate to see God manifested. Some of you have a hunger problem. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.